this is really really good point and i think that subject is very uh, critical in the robotic field and i would like to take you some question here because in the community sometimes we see that you have to be wise and to linearize the material and I, I had this experience with anti-conductive polymer, and sometimes you see the models, it just really doesn't capture the nonlinearities of the material. And you mentioned a very excellent example, when you inflate one balloon, it will inflate others. So that example, do you agree with the approaches used for linearizing the material, nonlinear material, and neglecting the hysteresis of the material as well? Uh, oh, there's a <laughs> I need to... Uh think that I'm not uh, going against some some particular peoples but I think to, to my feeling um, the one of the most difficult or the most challenging problems that we have in soft robotics is material characterization um, because what we do or tend to do is um, try to do for instance a uniaxial uh, uh, stress experiment and then we can try to fit some uh, material parameters on it now, if we then, for instance, plug in these material parameters and we want to uh, fit this in our finite element model or in any uh, other model, for instance, to um, blow up a balloon, we can see that there will be a large mismatch between two, right? So it, the difference between the actual loading state, uh, how you're loading your material in your application and between um, how you are testing your material, they need to be almost exactly. If you're blowing up a balloon, do a biaxial test if you are if you're simply having like an extension of a piece of rubber then probably your uni actual test is good enough um so this is a real problem right because you cannot really go towards uniform material models because if you're you really already have to have knowledge about um, the state you're going to load your material on and i think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done and uh material characterization um, and material modeling is how do we bridge this gap between loading states and material models right there should be a unified theory because in essence i only have one material and that material it doesn't really care how it's being loaded um, so now currently i think this is a, a, a good conclusion that we are the material models are lacking and they're drastically lacking behind. Um, now, I think the approach that I'm taking is um, I try to make structures that don't go towards large strains because if you have very like strains in the order of like 10% maximum, um, then you um, are really capable of using very simple material models. You don't have stiffening at, at high strain rates, um, but this means that you cannot do anything everything sorry you can you can do a lot of things but not everything in, in the sense you cannot really make balloons that are bulging out a lot you really need to be able to limit your strengths um, and have actuators that use your material wisely the, uh, and there the question becomes how can i for instance make a bending actuator that doesn't stretch as much but still has a lot of bending deformations um, and i think this all comes down to placing your material uh, in selective spots so that for instance cross-sectional deformations are limited or using fiber reinforcements um, and I think yeah it's, it's really um, until we have better material characterization and better material models I think yeah it will always be difficult to really 
um, report on material parameters because actually they're only limited in your application field. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned this point because I think I think there's really real problems we have. And I would like to stop here again for the modeling part because you mentioned example for testing, for example, uniaxial testing or biaxial testing. And it's still challenging to, to be honest, I, I don't know what you're talking about fitting a model. Do you, do you think fitting a model is sufficient for the moment? Because I think there's really not enough physics-based modeling. It is challenging, I know, but, but I, I feel I have the perception that there is, yeah, you say there's a problem here. But if you can tell us why this problem occurred in the first class, where there's no much intention or to dig deeper understanding the material and take a lot of time to really consider what's a significant parameter. Because I think fitting model is, no, is not sufficient. You, make, you can't circumvent the parameter to match the experiment. And that's what happened in most cases, but I don't know where this problem comes from in the first place, in your opinion. Oh, it's a, it's a very good question. And um, I think to, to, to my feeling is that um, the field of soft robotics is so new that we still need to disentangle this, this, this problem. And I think it, it comes down to um, like, Conventional uh, models of rubber, they're not really um, made for having, uh, being used in a variety of, of, of applications, right? Um, if you, they're only for instance used, for instance, if you are having very thin um, membranes and you stretch them, then you can use this material model, right? Um, if you, for instance, want to have something uh, that is compressing on all sides, you can better use that material model. But the question is why? Right? Because my material is a material, right? And I don't care how it's loaded. And I should be have one theory that captures everything. Um, so, and until I don't really know actually how to go forward uh, in that problem, I just know that for now, um, I think in a lot of literature, uh, we should focus more on how did we do the material characterization? Because I think with all this data, now, uh, this, we're lacking all this data now in, in literature. People are just saying, okay, I use this material model um, and these are the values and that's it. I think, and, and I, that, that's what, something that I would like to see in, in soft robotic literature, is that in every uh, supplemental information there should be at least one section on material characterization. How did we do it and also what failed? Because only with this we can start to bring up the discussion. I think now not a lot of people are asking the right questions because we all know we have the same uh, problems, but we're not really reporting these problems. Um, so, and I, and I think what I do uh, now for, for all my, my, my testing, um, in essence, I have uh, three test setups that I can use. And, and this depends really on my, um, my problem at hand. So I have a uniaxial test setup. Um, and this is if my uh, problem or my application in the end is, has like a, a, a 1D uh, dimensionality. Um, then I, I have like a, a spherical uh, setup, uh, setup where I in essence make half of a spherical balloon and I will just inflate it and I will look at the, the pressure volume curve of that shell and based on that um, uh, setup, I have a, a biaxial test in, in, in essence that is able to, to give me experiments that I can use for instance uh, for everything that has thin membranes. And then we also have um, 
a setup, for instance, where we can just submerge uh, a ball of a material and just compress the outside liquid and just look how much the um, the, the, the radius is, is decreasing to get something about the bulk uh, models of the material, if that is uh, interested. So for the time being, I think this is the best that we can do. And I just hope that there are some brilliant people out there who are uh, really trying to tackle this problem because this is one of the the most significant problems in, in soft robotics. We don't really know what our robbers are doing. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think maybe soon asking you, what is uh, maybe the reliable uh, modeling approach used for understanding uh, as much as you can for material use? If you can tell us what this approach you, you took for modeling the material you have before and maybe recently as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I think for modeling, so if we do all these um, material characterizations uh, with finite elements uh, modeling, we just try to replicate um, the exact uh, material testing that we did, right? So I'm what I'm not doing is I'm just not looking uh, and transforming based on a homogeneous solution, for instance, a uniaxial stress um, in a in a thin uh, beam that's not what i'm doing what i'm doing is i'm in abacus i am simulating my entire uniaxial test back again have exactly my dog bone structure in there then try to replicate the boundary conditions as best as i can really give it like a little bit of a clamping force at the edges and then stretch it and also these all these boundary conditions they have a huge effect on your outcome right so i think uh, we really need to have a uh, systematics in uh, how are we going to test our structure and can we replicate these tests, these tests um, with a model. And I use, I'm a, a very strong believer in finite element modeling and also there um, they are very useful because you can see that even if you change the boundary condition ever so slightly, you would have different material outcomes. Um, and the, the best thing is with, with these uh, finite element model, models, you can just change them and you can do sensitivity analysis and you can even see uh, to, to, to give a better test, right? Because what you don't want is that your test results are highly dependent on, for instance, your boundary conditions. Um, so in that sense, and maybe that's like a, a good idea to do is to... Um, to do like a sensitivity uh, analysis on boundary conditions on, for instance, uniaxial testing and to see what is the most robust way of clamping a piece of rubber. Um, and, and this, I, I hope that uh, people are starting uh, to do and just to, to, to put out some, some papers as with this as, as guidelines to, okay, if you really want to uh, uh, model your rubbers, this is the, the best way to do it. And hopefully this will create some understanding.